Welcome to our community of abundance-minded entrepreneurs. Join us as we meet people who believe that there is enough prosperity for everyone in the world, that collaboration is better than competition, and people who have chosen to master their own destinies as entrepreneurs. When I say community, I mean it. Our guests are here because they want to meet you. So be sure to take advantage of their invitation to connect at the end of the interview. Now let's meet another abundance-minded entrepreneur. Welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy himself. And today our guest is Shaba Borzashi from Budapest, Hungary. He is a copywriting expert master, you could even say. He has recently done a program where he broke down 100 proven sales letters in 100 days and then shared it on YouTube. So you could actually go see that yourself. But we've got the man himself right here to share the great copyright secrets with us. So Shaba, welcome to the show. Hey Michael, thanks for being here. What a nice intro. Love it. Yes, I, I do try to do try to make people feel good when they're on the show. <laughs> so, uh, so how did you get into the copywriting world? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, before I got into the whole world of copywriting, I uh, I used to study psychology and business, but I was never really satisfied with it because it's one thing what you learn in your during your university studies. And it's a completely different thing that you see <laughs> working in real real life in the trenches practically. So yeah. even though technically I have an MBA degree and I have a bachelor's in psychology, uh, it, I never really, like I, I always try to combine the two, but I never really managed to do it. Or at least I didn't really see a market for it working for other companies at that time, at least. Mm -hmm. And then eventually after working for IBM a little bit, then working as a direct salesperson for a wealth management company, I didn't really like that job because it was a little bit scammy. Let's just say, yeah. um, I, I ended up being a, becoming a freelance copywriter, and uh, I ended up working on Upwork. You know, landed some clients, uh, worked with different types of people. First in the e-commerce niche, then you know, uh, watch brands, and gradually more info products and more online businesses who sell information and courses and high-ticket uh, programs. And then eventually, I also started, uh, I, I, I created a website for myself, YouTube channel, started creating content, and the rest is history. Okay. Awesome. And so, so what, what are some of the, the key things in copywriting? Uh, you know, some people in the audience, of course, are copywriting experts, and some people are like, copyright, isn't that what you do in magazines? <laughs> so, so uh, but most people do need to write in some way to persuade um, what are some of the, the key things you see people doing wrong in their copywriting that could be easily improved, the low-hanging fruits? Yeah, so when I say copywriting, I'm exclusively referring to direct response copywriting, which means a type of copywriting, a type of persuasive communication that has a clear objective. You mm -hmm. want someone to act, to do something, to subscribe, to buy, to uh, share, something like that. There's a lot of other copywriting called content writing or SEO copywriting or stuff like that. That's basically like writing blog posts or, or, or articles. Mm -hmm. But what I do is, is I do the persuasive writing. And one of, the, one of the biggest things I see people do is that they're just, they're just not persuasive. They try to write like, a, I don't know, a PhD student or something like that, thinking that if they sound smart, if they just use a lot of fancy words and long, long sentences uh, in their communication, then it's going to work well. But it's not because people are lazy. People don't have time for it. People, when they see a wall of text, they're intimidated by it. And uh, it's just not a good strategy to, you know, this is one of those things that I mentioned. Uh, it's one thing what you see 
in theory and what they teach you in school. Mm-hmm. And it's a completely different thing what you see working in the trenches. Absolutely. I'm, I'm reminded, you know, in school, they'll, they'll tell you we need a nine-page paper. And so you write yeah. a seven-page paper and you, you fluff it out. And then every yes. other time in life, it's you wrote nine pages. Cool. We've got four pages. So cut it in half. Yeah. But don't lose anything. So that's that's a much more much more valuable skill. So what are some of the the key aspects to to a copy that actually converts and gets people to take action? Well, one of the things is that you have to well, if you want to be successful at this game, you have to write in a way like people talk, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes when we start writing something, it can be an email, an article, sales page, landing page, whatever, a script. Uh, we enter into this writing mode, <laughs> and it's we start to experience blank page syndrome. We start to uh, overcomplicate sentence structures and we start to create messaging that if you were to read it out loud, it wouldn't sound nice at all. It would sound all weird. Uh, so I think one of the easiest tips to to like implement is to just, just talk to people. Just try to simulate a conversation that's going on real, in, in real life in people and try to uh, put that into writing or into audio form or whatever. But uh, that's why copywriting is, it, it, is was, it was originally called salesmanship in print because you were trying to uh, simulate a one-on-one sales conversation. So yeah. if, and if a lot of people who struggle with writing, one of my biggest tips for them is just record yourself talking. Like mm-hmm. if you have a pitch or something, record yourself talking in front of a mirror maybe as, as well because then your face... Um, you know, muscles are going to react differently and the way you pronounce certain words is going to sound differently and then transcribe it and mm. see how that does. Uh, and usually it's a way better, way more persuasive sales message than just starting to write it out yourself. Mm, I love that. And that'll explain why my copy works. Yeah, I, I get feedback from people a lot that that's, uh, people tell me, I don't, I don't normally read emails, but I read yours. And I think it's because I uh, very much take on the spirit of the honey badger when I when mm-hmm. I write my copy, I'm just like, I don't care what the form is supposed to be. I'm just going to say some stuff. And if you don't like it, whatever, unsubscribe. And and I think that comes across like I'm just talking yeah. through my fingers and it comes off very, yeah. um, you know, very, very natural. And especially in email, like I'm also on your list. And especially in email, your aim in an email campaign or email strategy or in email marketing in general is to build an emotional connection with people. It's to mm-hmm. establish know, like and trust because people buy from other people they know, like, and trust. Yeah. And uh, and you don't necessarily have to use all these fancy formulas to do that. You just have to build a connection with them. Yep. Just, just be, well, they signed up for your email list. Yes. Like you. So yeah. be you. They don't want to get, you know, copywriting man. They want to get yeah, exactly. the person they signed up for. Uh, but so, so that, that's how you make them know, like, and trust you. Um, but if they just know, like, and trust you, but they don't buy from you, then you are the most popular Uber driver in town. So, uh, so, so what, what is the key to getting them from being like, this guy's pretty cool. I enjoy writing his email, reading his emails to this guy's pretty cool. I want to buy his stuff. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> it's a big, big distinction. So it's only step number one to get them to, well, step number one essentially is to get them to subscribe on your list in the first place. Step number two is to get them to know, like, and trust you. And then step number three is to figure out like, ultimately, if you want to simplify it, figure out what are the problems that are causing them pain and then figure out a solution that solves their problems. So they no longer experience pain Mm -hmm. because ultimately people buy a transformation. They buy, uh, they buy solutions to their problems so that, 
so they no longer feel some sort of pain, right? So if you can do that and you can come up with a good enough offer, you know, package your solution into an offer that's, uh, uh, some people call it the irresistible offer, mm-hmm. um, then, you know, you just, you don't necessarily have to work so hard then in terms of salesmanship to sell it because it's a natural fit for people who already know, like, and trust you. It's mm-hmm. kind of like, uh, you know, you're the guy who knows the guy. If someone comes to you and say, hey, uh, Michael, can you recommend me, I don't know, um, a video editor, let's say. And you say something, oh, sure. I, I know this guy, like, get in touch with uh, him or her and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and let's see what happens. And people, you don't necessarily have to oversell this. Uh, yep. People are going to trust you. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. So identify what their what their pain point is, their problem is, offer them a solution to it with a price tag on it, and they will want the solution to they buy it. Yeah, and obviously it's more complicated than this, but this is this is the the essence of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and, and for for you know the the newbie copywriters out there, um, you're probably you may have difficulty converting straight from text to sale, but you can mm-hmm. go from text to call to sale because you can actually get in the conversation with them. And, and that same thing in the text, find problem, solve problem, offer mm-hmm. call in the call, find problem, solve problem, problem, offer program. Yeah. Essentially it's, it's, it's it can be that simple. Yep. But the problem is that a lot of people uh, like overinflate this because they they've heard from someone that, you know, you need this sophisticated funnel and you have to have all these evergreen webinars and you have to have all these whiz bang, you know, tech solutions and, 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 and everything like that. And people confuse this with an irresistible offer. They think that a, a, if they're doing everything right from a technical perspective or from a uh, from, you know, they're doing all these tactics, then that should convert. But no, hmm. like ultimately you need a list of people who have a problem that you can solve. You need an offer that packages your solution and you need some sort of uh, creative and under creative, I mean the design, the copy, the messaging, right? To communicate, uh, you know, this, your offer basically. Okay. Um, yeah, so, so you went through a hundred sales letters. Yeah. Uh, more than that, but uh, my original challenge was the hundredth day. <laughs> you went through a hundred and they kept going. Um, yes. Which sounds like you did uh, you did with copywriting what I did with networking. So, you know, I met with thousands of, of people mm-hmm. and learned from all of them. You went through over 100 sales letters <laughs> to learn from all of them. And what were some of the, the key takeaways that you learned and some of the key um, similarities among the, the best ones? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, when I started this challenge, I uh, purposefully wanted to go back to the source because I'm a huge believer in, uh, in, in uh, figuring out why people invented stuff. So I wanted to go back all the way to a gentleman named Claude Hopkins who uh, invented scientific advertising in the 1910s and 20s. Uh, and what I found after, like I, I broke down 100-year-old ads, newspaper ads. I broke down uh, stuff going all the way back to uh, like the, the first you know, co- instances of coupons that people were using, space ads, banner ads, all that stuff. Uh, and... The number one realization is that it's absolutely worth studying the old masters because, mm-hmm. first of all, they had to work harder back in those days. They couldn't easily test. They had to send out their idea in a direct mail package or order, uh, you know, expensive newspaper advertising to to really test ideas. It wasn't so easy like today. 
I don't know, you, you write a Facebook post or something and then measure or two versions of it. And then you try to measure, you know, mm -hmm. which one gets more engagement or you create like a simple $5 a day Facebook ad campaign to, again, test different offers or ideas. So they had to work harder and that's why they had to be more creative. And they've invented a lot of the things that we take for granted today, like uh, soft offers, like uh, money back guarantees in a sense, or even the coupon, or even like giving people a discount. And then if you upsell them into something, um, give them uh, a, another discount, uh, you know, which is the value of the original product they purchased, right? So it's like uh, one step forward. So mm. this was definitely a big realization. And naturally, another realization that comes from this is that the fundamentals of copywriting never really change. The fundamentals, strategies change, tactics change. Yes, today, you know, people on average have uh, lower attention spans, for example. Yeah. Uh, so some people say long form copy doesn't work anymore. I tend to disagree because do you really want to sell to goldfish? Like people who have the memory of a goldfish and do you want to have goldfish as your customers? <laughs> Probably not, right? You still want people who take the time to invest, uh, to, to read your message. So, um, but this is a side note. What I wanted to say is that the fundamental principles of copywriting never really change uh, because human psychology doesn't change. So. Mm. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And and so I, I think it's actually a point with the, the long form, short form, that kind of thing. A, a lot of people take advice from consumers instead of from marketers. And so I, I've had people tell me, oh, I don't like being sold to by email. You shouldn't sell by email. It doesn't work. I don't like it. And then, of course, it works. I, I saw someone in a group that said, yeah, I hate when people ask me questions because it's a very effective strategy. You get someone to chat and you ask them questions to get them going, which done poorly is super annoying. Done well, you don't even notice it's happening. It just feels like a conversation. And uh, But they're like, oh, I can't stand when people are asking me these questions. I was so t I, I didn't have the time to do this. I was so tempted to engage with them and chat and, and start with, I really loved your comment. I was hoping you could tell me more. Mm -hmm. I just use a question strategy, just see how far I could take them uh, on the topic of how much they hate being asked questions, only asking them questions. But I think a lot of people get veered away from, you know, I don't read long emails. You shouldn't write long emails from someone who knows nothing about marketing. So they stop writing long emails and their closing rate goes down because they veer away from what works because of someone's preference. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's a well-known fact that, you know, people say all sorts of things, but ultimately what they do is completely different. And uh -huh. that's why from a surveying perspective, it's not a good strategy to just straight up ask people, hey, I'm thinking of creating a few uh, potential products. Would you buy these? Like, would you buy option A, option B, option C mm -hmm. or something? Tons of people are going to say, oh, of course I would buy that or no, I wouldn't buy that. And then when, you know, uh, you launch it, <laughs> crickets because they were like eh, you know at the end of the day it wasn't really that useful something like that so you know you have to be really really careful who you listen to and uh, I think it's best to listen to hyper responsive people it's best to listen to people who reply to one of your welcome emails with like a half page email instead mm -hmm. of like one line of like I don't know oh this is so cool or why, why are you sending me this? I don't read long emails. Like, <laughs> those people are not going to be good customers. And I like what Dan Kennedy, you know, a legendary marketer, says about these things. Like, uh, he, you really have to... There's a big difference between customer and customer. 
So, and even to this day, you see that direct mail, for example, on a backend level, converts way better than a customer from the internet. Because in direct mail, people have to spend more effort. They have to take more effort to actually open the envelope, to read it, to mm -hmm. uh, you know go manually to their computer and input a, a URL or something. Or you know, back in the days, again, old school copywriters, they had to convince people to read the the the, the letter, then you know, take out, go you know, like complete a check or something, mail in the check, wait mm -hmm. for their product until it arrived there were no like shipping emails back then or something like this sms notifications there was mm -hmm. no like ups guy or fedex who like brought you stuff very quickly so uh there was no overnight shipping so yeah something to consider i think yeah yeah that that's that's a really good point that well and also to consider that you know for most products 80 90 95 percent of the market isn't interested and so that means you're gonna have a lot of people who say, well, that's dumb, but that doesn't matter. What matters is the 5%, 10% who your product yeah. is for. Um, well, especially with a product like copywriting, for example, mm -hmm. most people aren't selling through email. They don't need copywriting. They don't understand copywriting. So it doesn't matter what they say. It matters what, what the people who will actually buy say. Um, exactly. Yeah. And I, I've heard some people suggest that, that that you don't want people saying, yeah, no. You want people saying, hell yes, and hell no. Mm -hmm. You know, 20% of people hate you, but 20% of people love you, you're winning. Yeah, and actually this is validated in real life once again, because nowadays the best email marketers out there, they have very polarizing messaging. So they mm -hmm. clearly communicate who they want as customers, who they don't want as customers, and they're actively trying to get people to unsubscribe from their list if they are not a right fit, because they know that the, the people who remain, they're going to become like rabbit fans. Hmm. Yeah. So, so what are some examples of, of ways you might polarize your list in order to, to attract your fans? Uh, well, one of the best ways is to, is to share stories, like in every single situation, like stories work in marketing and in sales as well. People gravitate towards stories. They pay more attention to stories, but one of the ways most uh, really successful email copywriters are doing it is by sharing polarizing stories, is by uh, sharing, uh, you know, deep, intricate details from their life. They are willing to be vulnerable. They're willing to share their worldviews and their attitudes towards mm. life. And this is very weird nowadays. You know, there's a lot of cancel culture everywhere. There's a lot of uh, wokeness. There's a lot of um, people who, who don't really always want to be vanilla. You know, you see this yep. all the time with bigger brands. They always want to be vanilla because they don't want to expose themselves to a lawsuit or something like that. Mm -hmm. But when you're a small player, right, and you're just sharing your, like people voluntarily opt in to your email, email list. And if they don't like what you communicate, then so what, right? Mm -hmm. So, but the people who remain, they're going to gravitate towards you way more because you are real. Finally, you know, in this age of fakeness, fake Instagram, fake mm. TikTok, fake everything, uh, you know, and after COVID lockdowns, people crave someone who is real. And I think this is one of the biggest reasons why this works really well. And once again, from a, let's just call it from a micro copywriting perspective, you're not really using any formulas or templates for this or something, but from a strategic point of view, 
from a macro copywriting point of view, it's still effective copywriting because it's persuasive communication. And yeah. there are a lot of, you know, nuances to what goes into an email so that people don't just like read your story and they're like, oh, cool. How nice was this? But instead they also buy something, right? Mm-hmm. Just like you said. Yep. Well, and so that's where what I was talking about, the, the honey badger mindset, the, uh, you know, not, not caring about offending people. Um, I think people, they end up writing bl- bland because they don't want to upset anybody. Yeah. And so they don't impress any, they, they impress no one because they offend no one. And if you just write and you're like, I'm going to be me. And if you don't like me, well, there's the unsubscribe mm-hmm. button right there at the bottom of the email. Feel free to use it. This is me. You got it right here. Um, and it's not just a matter of it makes you more comfortable, but it also is going to filter who you do and do not want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, also in the notes you sent ahead of time, you mentioned the idea of focusing on the uh, product's unique mechanism instead of the benefits. Because we always hear about sell the sizzle, not the steak, and and sell what it's going to do for you and the transformation. Um, but uh, talk a little bit about the importance of the unique mechanism. Sure. So the problem in most markets nowadays is that most markets are very saturated. A lot of people have heard tons of claims before. They've tried a lot of products, like let's say the weight loss niche. I mean, mm-hmm. it's one of the most saturated markets out there. And the people who are still in the weight loss niche, uh, they've probably tried maybe dozens of different products and diets and courses and workout routines before. And if they're still struggling, it means that they have tons of false beliefs within them. They, te- they have tons of shame within them, tons of guilt. Uh, and their sales resistance is, 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 is super high because mm-hmm. they're like, Oh, my, I, I tried, bef- tried it before and it didn't work. So maybe, I don't know, it's in my genes. So I can do anything for this. So also the make money online niche, the financial publishing niche, all these are super competitive markets uh, because there are a lot of people, a lot of marketers, ruthless marketers who are promising everything under the sun. Yeah. And most consumers know that this is BS. Uh, so that's why uh, what... Again, a legendary copywriter called Eugene Schwartz discovered in the 1960s, and his book, Breakthrough Advertising, is still the number one copywriting and marketing book out there, by far. Um, So if you ask anyone who's in the game for some time, they're going to say Breakthrough Advertising is kind of like the Bible for for copywriting and marketing, direct marketing. But he came up with the one of his core ideas was uh, market uh, stages of market sophistication, and he grouped it into five stages. The first stage is that you're first in the market. And then from stage one to stage five, uh, you know, you have all sorts of nuances. But the main idea is that around stage three, people have made tons of claims before. So you can no longer differentiate yourself because people want different and they want something that's better compared to anything else they've tried before. So that's why when you're in stage three uh, and there are ways on how to figure this out, like which stage are you in? Uh, you want to introduce a unique mechanism instead of making a bigger promise. Uh, And this is really cool because instead of talking about your product or you're talking about the the outcomes and benefits of your product, you no longer talk about the outcomes, but you talk about the the underlying mechanism that gives you the result. So uh, instead of like, let's just say P90X, it was very, very popular for some time. Some people might still, you know, do it. It's, it's, a, it's a sports protocol. It's mm-hmm. a weight loss and fitness protocol. Uh, there, the unique mechanism is muscle confusion. So in, 
infomercials for P90X, they didn't really talk about like, you know, oh, this is this is so good. This is the best thing. This is actually, uh, it's going to help you lose 50 pounds in 10 days or something. Uh, but instead, they shifted their messaging from the promise to the unique mechanism. It's like, hey, you know, did you know that the reason why you haven't been able to lose weight uh, is because you didn't know about this. There's this thing called muscle confusion. And yes, you've been going to the gym, you've been lifting weights, but you didn't really confuse your muscles. So they genetically aren't really engineered to grow unless they're confused, mm-hmm. right? So this is an example of a unique mechanism. And then mm-hmm. after people buy into the idea, after they, uh, they have this one belief it's how we call it. They, we establish the one belief in them. They believe that the only way to really lose weight is to is to use this muscle confusion mechanism. Then it's a much more natural sell uh, to just say, "Hey, you know, our product is specifically designed around this mechanism." Yeah, it's the only sense. thing. It's the only product that, that that there is in the market that does this. Yeah. Well, it could, yeah, this is yeah, the question of, of how are you different from the other guy who said that same yes. thing? Yeah. We'll help you lose, lose weight and build muscle mass. Yeah. So the last guy gave a thousand bucks, didn't lose any weight, didn't gain any muscle. But if you say, you know, yeah, of course we say we're going to do that. But the way we do it is this mechanism that makes sense to you. It makes sense. That would draw people in more than just, you know, we'll, we'll double your leads. Okay. Yeah. The last guy said he doubled my leads too, but you know, how are you going to do it? So that, that makes sense that you, you focus on the how and not just the what. And I, I found that with some, with, with some events and some of the, you know, they, they really push this like, oh, we've got to sell the, sell the results. People want to buy the results. I'm like, but everyone's selling the results. I, I look at some people's work. I can't even tell what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I might be interested. I don't even know what you're selling. What, is it a course? Is it a... Is it a meditation program? Is it a book? I don't know. <laughs> you know, so some people are so um, so focused. They'll be like, "No, you can't see it. You can't touch it or taste it. You can just hear the sizzle." Trust me, you love this yeah. sizzle. And this is especially useful for like uh, coaches, consultants, authors, yeah. speakers, uh, solopreneurs, because they have a unique way of working, and it's super easy to package this up as like, "Hey, this is this is how I deliver the result when I work with you." Because I have this proprietary seven-step formula or system or something like that. Mm. You can very easily like manufacture your own unique mechanism. It's just a question of positioning. Like yeah. you probably you the same do mostly the same thing that everybody else does, maybe a little better. But if you you know make it sexy a little bit and introduce it as like nobody else does this sort of research before you know writing or something, then mm-hmm. suddenly you're different. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Or nobody else has gone through a hundred sales letters and put it on YouTube. There you go. For example, for example. Yes. yeah. Um, which actually, yeah, that that does that makes a lot of sense. You know, it's it's it really comes down to the the single point of distinction. You know how again, how are you different? Just like what I ask every financial advisor, realtor, insurance agent I ever meet, how are you different from every other person in your category? Because I know fifty of them. Um, and same thing. How are you different from every other coach? How are you different from every uh, every life insurance person? So that is that is fantastic and some really powerful advice right there. Uh, so if people want to get in touch with you and they're like, this guy sounds useful. This this guy from another country who can teach me better English. Um, <laughs> how, how can I connect with him so that he can work his magic on my audience? So yeah, I have a website that's called gameofconversions.com. So it's just like Game of Thrones, but gameofconversions.com. 
that you can visit and check out a bunch of cool stuff there. But uh, since I broke down these hundred proven sales letter breakdown, proven sales letters, and since it's a lot of content, like it's close to a hundred hours of content on video that you can directly watch. But I also created like a cheat sheet from this because I realized that most people, they probably just want the best stuff, the best outcomes. And mm -hmm. the things that we talked about here, they're kind of related to these things as well. So uh, if you go to gameofconversions.com forward slash copywriting dash secrets, then you're going to find my secret recipe uh, mm -hmm. behind the 100 proven uh, sales letters. And I'm also going to show you how you can apply these strategies to your own marketing for blockbuster response and including like ready-made copywriting templates um, designed for YouTube ads, Facebook ads, long-form sales pages, short-form sales pages, emails. You know, it's uh, it's pretty handy. Very nice. And that's Plus, you're also going to get access to the videos, like all right. the 100 videos. And that's gameofconversions.com slash copywriting-secrets. And that's... Yes. I mean, that, that sounds like... That's a lot of value right there. The 100, 100 hours of content plus the cheat sheets and everything else. That's pretty cool. So people should definitely check that out if they ever use language to sell for their business, which I suspect <laughs> Whoever is uses that. a mm. decent portion of my audience. Um, and so is there anything else that I didn't ask you that you that you wanted to touch on before I let you go? Uh, I love your questions, actually. If you want to ask me anything else, then feel free. You know, I can. If you want to ask me some weird question or something like that, then feel free. Um, so I, th there's one thing I wonder, because you're from, you're from Hungary. Yes. You have an accent. I assume you're Hungarian. Uh, it's complicated. I am <laughs> ethnically Hungarian, but I was born and raised in the Transylvania region of Romania. Okay. Oh, so yes, that Transylvania with the vampires, yep. although I promise I'm not one, wink. Uh, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was born and raised there, lived there for 26 years, and then moved to Budapest, Hungary. Okay. I just find it fascinating. You are one of the best masters of the English language for business, with it not being your first language. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, you know, a lot of writing and a lot of copywriting trainings probably help with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I think that's kind of one of those, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I didn't grow up with computers, so, you know, you can't expect me to know computers. I didn't grow up with, but uh, when did you start learning English? I think the first time was starting to watch Cartoon Network when I was like five or six. We didn't okay. have, because it was still like post-Soviet uh, Romania, so we didn't have... Uh, cable or something like that, but one of my friends had it. They had okay. this uh, receiver to receive like satellite signals, and they were able to watch Cartoon Network. So I was allowed to go uh, and watch like one hour every couple of days or something like that. And then eventually, okay. you know, I started in this in school. I, I I haven't really learned English for a long time, but I started going to private classes. And then the big thing was I started playing a lot of games. So there you go, guys. Mm -hmm. Playing computer games, especially RPGs and stuff okay, like that, yeah. which you have to read and understand what's going on, is going to make you a better copywriter. Yeah, but but so, yeah. So for anyone out there who's who's like, oh, I'm not good at I'm not good at Zoom because I didn't use computers growing up, or I'm not good at whatever. You know, Shaba, you learned English from cartoons, video games, and a couple of classes, and now you use English to actually sway people to take action. So I think anyone else who has the I didn't grow up with it excuse, um, it kind of falls flat after your story. <laughs> Maybe. So. And also consider this, like, uh, I don't know this year, but two years ago, the highest paid copywriter was a guy, was a Brazilian guy with a way worse accent than me, uh, Evaldo Albuquerque. I, and I think his promotions generated like $80 million for Agora Financial, and he got a, 
a nice commission check based off that as well. Uh, but the idea is that if you know the psychology and the fundamental principles behind how you actually uh, persuade people, it doesn't matter. Your language doesn't matter. Grammar doesn't matter that much. That's why when all these grammar Nazis come and they're like, oh my God, you, you have to use periods and commas in a certain way. Because when I write, I, I write it with a lot of dot, dot, dots, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because it just keeps the, keeps the, the message flowing better. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's not about being technically grammatically correct. Sure, it helps in some cases, but you just have to have like a persuasive, emotional, uh, you know, argument and uh, yep. it works. That makes a lot of sense. All right. Well, so, so nice, nice bonus tips at the end there. Uh, and one little bit of blowing up people's excuses. So thank you so much, Shaba, for being on the show. This has been great. It's been great to learn from you again. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Hope to see you again soon. This has been the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast with your host, Michael Whitehouse. This great theme song is by Patrick Howard. If you found this valuable, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast. Find the full archive of all episodes at guywhoknowsaguy.com slash podcast. Check out my other podcast, Morning Motivation. It's a daily podcast of two to five minutes with a powerful hit of motivation and inspiration to get your day started. Morningmotivation.fun or search for Morning Motivation wherever you listen to podcasts. Join the community online in the Morning Motivation Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Morning Motivation Podcast. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect. JV-Connect.com. That's JV dash connect.com December 12th and 13th 2023 we'll see you there